What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to not another isekai. And uh, yeah, <laughs> talking about more anime, seasonal anime. Um, yeah, we're back. Man, this is this has been a week. There have been some really good shows that come out this week, but um, a lot of stuff being delayed, unfortunately. Um, the good thing is that most of the shows that are being delayed we're not really covering, but there have been a couple, a couple this season, a couple this week that we're not really sure when they're going to come back. Um, so we have Kubo. Kubo is delayed until April, apparently. It's so sad because <laughs> we know how much how like you know how popular the show is and how much we've been liking it on here. So it's like, oh no, <laughs> is it till April too? I mean, they I, I don't think they've actually confirmed that. I was trying to look up um, like an actual date and like there was like the the news thing that came out apparently said April, but I don't even think that's really confirmed. Um, so yeah, we're not going to see that until next season, I guess. And then, uh, Misfit. Misfit's also being delayed. I don't think that has a new date. So, a couple things being delayed. Hopefully that's it. Hopefully we can finish out this season without any more, you know, without any more road bumps, um, speed bumps, that sort of thing. But, uh, yeah, we still have a bunch of good stuff today, so. Yeah. Whoops. Okay. We got My Hero Academia, Season 6, Episode 21. Um, yeah, this is the continuation of the last one where she, where he was fighting Lady Nagant. Um, and he did the very... <laughs> he, did, he did the very um, shonen, uh, like shonen main character thing. Where it's like, oh, we're fighting a bad guy and then we're going to turn them on our side. They're going to be on the good side now. Um... But other than that, we did have some cool stuff with him showing off more of the powers, more of the quirks. Um, we saw we saw Fa Jin, which I think is he said like the the third user, um, which I guess is the one where you can like store up kinetic energy, which is pretty cool. When he when he just sat down, he started doing the squats. It's <laughs> like what is what is he doing over there? You know what is he what is he doing squats out of nowhere? I thought like for a second I thought it was just his like like. Uh, like focus or like trying to like I don't know I don't know I guess focus right because right? he, he blew the smoke and then he was like just doing squats and I thought he was just trying to get inside of his own head you know sort of like how uh, uh, Naruto we had Shikamaru and how he would just he would just sit he would just sit down cross-legged and then do the little thing with his little little thing with his hands you know you know, like, oh, well, you know, that's when he's focusing. That's when he's focusing. He's thinking. He's thinking. Seventeen moves ahead. You know, so I thought maybe that's what Midoriya was also doing. But nah, he was just storing that kinetic energy so he can jump really hard. <laughs> um. And yeah, yeah. I mean, he won. We know that. We know he won. He was able to move faster than the bullet. Sort of like All Might. Sort of like Superman, right? Which is what All Might's sort of based off of. And uh, he saved. He saved Chisuke. And then. More so than what Midori was doing, though, I really liked a lot of uh, a lot of ladies' backstory because you sort of see why she does what she does and how she was brought up. And we saw what she said. I mean, she, I mean, she, you know, she said a lot. But one of the things that stuck with me was she said that you know, showing people just the good 
was basically brainwashing them. And I, and I see where she's coming from. Um, you know, because cause her, her angle is that you need people to see everything. You need people to see the world for what it is. That way they could be prepared uh, mentally for, for anything that, that happens, right? So if you only show them the good, you know, it's almost like, it's almost like how you have like your, uh, your like white blood cells, right? And if you are always in like a contained environment, if you never get exposed to anything, then when you actually get sick, you're going to get destroyed, right? Because, you know, you know, it needs to build up that like immunity, that like familiarity with, uh, with foreign, you know, substances, right? And so I think that's kind of where she was coming from with it, where if we only see the good, if, if, if the civilians, right, if they only see the good, what happens if something gets past the heroes? The civilians are going to be like, what, what is even happening? I don't even know what this looks like. I don't even know what this is, you know? Um, again, I understand what she's saying, but she kind of went super extreme in it, you know, where, where she joined the villains. <laughs> and she's like, you know, because, cause, you know, all for one is that that character that's like, he's not trying to destroy the world. He's not trying to blow up the planet or something like that. He is just, you know, his his like propaganda that he's spewing is that he wants everyone to see everything for what it is. And and he feels like heroes have built up this system that's flawed. Um, you know, that, that the people, regular people that aren't heroes, are too reliant on the heroes and they just kind of sit around and let, let you know, let them do whatever they want. Um, you know, let them take care of everything. And so, you know, they want to show that that's not really what it should be like. And there's other people out here that have faced hardship um, that have been kind of tossed aside because of the system that the heroes have built. So, you know, putting those two ideals together, I get why she did it. But like I said, at the very end, Midoriya is able to do the very main character thing. Um, you know, says that, you know, he still sees that she has a heart of a hero. Um, and that's a very nice moment, but then immediately <laughs> followed up by a, a very sad moment where All for One has this, like, these, like, uh, some sort of contingency plan where if they do go against with what their orders were, <laughs> they just blow up. Um, not, not actually, like, explode, but just, like, like have like a crazy huge burst of energy um like her body's still intact and everything but she is probably dead you know uh i don't know we'll see you know we'll see if she gets to a hospital and if she's able to come back <clears throat> you know it'd be cool to see her on the hero side helping him out because she's pretty cool man she got like the sniper thing she got the air walk oh no i think maybe does she not have the air walk anymore did, did all for one take that away I don't know if he can do that, like, remotely. <laughs> um, but yeah. And then Hawks and Endeavor are here. All Might's here. We got the whole team. Um, and what, what they're able to get out of here is that something at some mansion is going to happen in a couple months. Or, or so they think, right? Like, that, that was the whole point, was that they were going to take the target to this mansion. A bunch of other, of All for One's people was able to take someone to the mansion as well. So something big's happening there. Um, I mean, you know, we only got a few episodes left, so it, it's got to be coming to a head, right? You know, I think that's kind of what's the whole point of, you know, not only that, that group, but also Midoriya, 
where he's he's getting closer and closer to all for one getting closer to 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 shigaraki so i could see it you know again only a few episodes left so i'm trying to think of like how how they could get there it could go in a bunch of different ways and go a bunch of different ways i mean that that lead might be all they need you know maybe that that mansion or whatever is their their base of operations and then and, and they're gonna make a plan to go there i mean because i feel like this season has to end with confrontation with shigaraki and all for one like it has to right i mean it's the very least shigaraki you know maybe leave all for one for next season i don't know because again <laughs> only four episodes left as to come to a big ending i feel like they've been building this up so we'll see we'll see uh next we got blue lock episode 21 or 20 20 um yeah this, this this is the start of the battle the start of the main thing here right i mean i i believe it is you know like, like i said there's four episodes after this um i don't unless we have like a lot of backstory maybe get like rin's backstory or something like a lot of backstory <laughs> um i feel like they can't stretch this game out over another four episodes they're already about <clears throat> they're already about halfway through this one right because we ended it and they were two two i think i think it was two two which is about halfway because you got to score five so it's probably gonna wrap up next episode so I'm, I'm very interested to see what they do for the other three episodes like if they're like do you have to win a five on five i don't i don't think you do and like even if you do, they didn't really build anything up past the four on four. Like like this whole <laughs> this whole like next selection thing has been building up Rin. Right? So like now that they're facing Rin's team, it'd be strange for them to just be like, Oh, here's an, here's another team of five on five that you now have to face. That'd be really weird. Um But if they do finish up next episode, they have to have <laughs> some sort of like there's three episodes left. There has to be something. Uh, but with this one, we did have uh, Isigi's team coming out really strong. Isigi and Baro devoured each other again to steal the ball from Bakira. Nagi passed. Chiguri scored. So they're, they're coming out the gate really strong, showing off their teamwork, showing off what they've built. Um, very, very different than what um, Isigi, ba not Baru, Isigi, Bakira, and Nagi were doing uh, when they first faced Rin and the other two. So very different there. Um, but then you kind of turn it around. <laughs> and it's like, okay, we. I mean, because they kind of did the same thing the first time that, that they faced Rin. Was that Rin just stood there and just took everything in. And like let them score the first goal. And he was like pathetic. <laughs> and then they just destroyed them. That's not exactly what they did here. But it kind of was that thing where it's like, okay, we they scored a goal. This is not going to be as easy as you think it is, you know. And so Rin, you find out that Rin doesn't need chemical reactions. That that that's like Isigi's whole thing, is getting a chemical reaction with everybody, um, you know, because that that helps them score. But with Rin, it's like he's just on another level. Um, you know, he's able to see everything. He he basically lures the entire team of four, 
and faking them all out and then scored, you know? So that just goes to show, you know, you know, kind of doing, you know, some sort of like power scaling here where it's like, okay, Izagi is catching up to Rin, but Rin is still, Rin's just, I don't know, more experienced or he's just been doing this longer. He's on the level whatever it is. Um, you know, and, and even past that, we had them trying to go back into their normal, um, like normal play style again. Isigi, Baru, Jiguri, Nagi, they all have their own little connections, their own little plan to get through this. And Ren is just reading them. He's reading them like crazy. You know, he's reading Isigi's off-ball movements, which is kind of what helped him win the last game, right? Where... Isagi found out that he can use Baru as a decoy, come off the ball. You know, there's the thing with, um, uh, was it something he was trying to get after Rin? I think. Uh, I don't remember. I think it might have been Rin. You know, because there's something with like off ball where it's like, there's so many things you can do, even if you're not directly involved in in the play right so like if you're not the one who is directly dribbling the ball or directly going to receive the pass there's still things you can do to help the team out you know so that's kind of what he's been getting better and better at so for him to do something like this last episode and that be a huge a huge factor in their win and then for him to do it this episode against Rin's team you know like the the um like the test right like everything before that was just homework now this is the test and for Rin to just read it perfectly it's, it's just very, very deflating for their team. Um, and then, what else do we have? And then, like, you know, their other team, you know, Rin's team, just well-oiled machine. You know, because that was another thing, another build-up from the previous matchup is that they were just kind of three people that were really good at what they did, but they didn't really play as a team. You know, they just kind of, if they got the ball, then they would do what they do. And so now, and you think maybe it does have a lot to do with Bakura, you know, you know, like Bakura's play style. Um, you know, kind of being the glue to their team and sort of making them try to do different things. Um, you know, now they're making plays. You know, now Rin's passing the ball. Now, now Bakura's, you know, throwing it up to 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 Ryu, you know. And so you you have that as well to where it's like, we've gotten better. Like, Isagi's team's gotten better, but they've also unfortunately gotten better. This is not going to be easy. Um, and then, uh, let's see... And then I love getting in Nagi's head because you don't do that very often, you know, because obviously Isagi's the main character and, and he's also like the like field general, right? Like he doesn't have any crazy physical abilities, but he does have his eyes, right? His vision, you know, you know the way he's able to see the field, come up with a plan, even if it's super quick. Um, and so you, you, you're most, more likely than not in his head, but then we get in Nagi's head and now he's kind of viewing Isagi and Rin, which is very smart, because I feel like that is something we needed in this match, because of how, again, not really evenly matched, you know, I still feel like overall, I'm sure we'll feel differently by the end of, <laughs> you know, the end of this match, because I'm sure Isagi's team is going to win, but, you know, at least right now, you're like, okay, Rin is clearly the better player than Isagi, but, like Nagi's trying to point out here, their vision might be the same, they might have the same exact vision, you know, so that's kind of where they're clashing. The The unfortunate reality is that Rin is better than everything else. You know, Rin does have, you know, other skills, other, you know, physical attributes that Isigi doesn't have. You know, that's that's kind of been Isigi's character this whole, 
this whole show <laughs> is that he's really not remarkable. But but somehow he's able to come up with these plays, you know, like smell the goal and create these reactions that no one's seen before. Um, you know, you know, that's propelled him to where he's at now. And so, but that like one-on-one -on -one matchup, Rin and Isagi, Nagi realizes that if, if we just, if, you know, if we're just putting all our eggs in that basket, we're definitely not going to win, <laughs> you know? Um, so he decides that, you know, he has to be the missing piece and it works. Nagi's able to get behind Rin, which is crazy because again, the only time they've scored before that was you know, them just scoring on someone else, you know, them kind of surprising them with how much they've grown, all that stuff. And again, like first goal, who cares? It's, it's whatever. But this one, Nagi actually gets past Rin, outmaneuvers Rin and scores the goal. And we have a great ending where Bakura asks Rin if, if he still thinks this is half-baked soccer, because, you know, that's 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 Rin's whole thing with just when he's facing anyone is that you know he feels that no one's playing no one's playing to his level for the reason for the reasons that he's playing either like they're just kind of playing they just oh they're just oh if you if you work hard you'll win and he's just like that's that's stupid that's <laughs> that is definitely not how the world works and so now that nagi was able to outmaneuver him and score the goal when rin was actually trying you know again it wasn't like last match where they scored a goal because he was just standing there you know feeling that they were pathetic <laughs> um he legitimately scored past him and so you know bakura asks him because because bakura is excited you know he, you know he just wants to play good soccer he wants to play against good people um and so he asks him like oh do you do you think this is half baked and and rin just brushes him off and you know he's he says that he plays better when he's frustrated or, or no he gets he gets fired up when he's frustrated and, and then we start to see, you know, his his eyes are glowing and smoking and stuff. And so, you know, Rin <sighs> might have been a mistake. <laughs> might have been a mistake. Now, now Rin might actually wake up and play to his full potential. And I don't know. You know, again, this is this is sports anime. We're 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 way, we're way too close to the end. I feel like for Isagi's team to lose. <laughs> Because again, I've, I've talked about this already, where it's like, Isagi has to win. Like, if, if Isagi doesn't get to the end, then what was the show? You know, like if, like if we're trying to think of it from like a, like, like story, <laughs> beat by beat, you know, Isagi has to win. So if Isagi's team were to lose, the only way he can move on is if Rin's team picks him up. But I just feel like that's so like... It's like really hollow, you know, for them to go all through that and then just for it to be like, okay, well, he just kind of gets picked up at the end, you know, so I feel like he has to win, but I don't know how they're going to beat Rin. I really have no idea. That's, uh, <laughs> because again, like, like, like him getting fired up, you know, he's, you know, up until now he's, he's just been playing very nonchalantly, just like, oh, you know, all these people are beneath me. So I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's definitely going to be tough. I mean, we, we know they're going to win. And I'm also interested to see who they pick. I talked about it last time, too, where it's like... The heart wants them to pick Bakura. Because it's, you know, it's Bakura. Like, that's, that's kind of the whole point. But then it's like, if Rin's the best player... But then we also don't know what the next stage is, either. You know? I mean, again, I... I, don't, 
I don't think they have a five on five match because I feel because like they haven't built up to it at all. So if it's literally like, okay, I just I just pick someone where the five and now the five move on to the next selection, then they're definitely going to pick Bakker because it's like, okay, we don't have to play another match. Rin might be the better uh, the better player, but it's like I'm pick, I'm like, like Bakker is my friend. <laughs> you know, I'm going to bring him on so we can move on. Um, but we'll see. Next, we got Angel Next Door, Spoils Me Rotten, Episode 8. Um, let's see what happened this time. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. So, this was the episode where Mahiru wanted to, like, publicly get closer to, to Amine. Um, which is nice. You know, I'm glad that's finally happening because their relationship was never going to further <laughs> if it was always in private. You know, if it was always in like, oh, we can't see, we can't see each other in public because like, you know, people will say things and, you know, cause trouble for us. And so for Mahiru to really come out and be like, no, I want to like, let's just take it one step at a time and let's just make this look organic, make it look like we are, we are getting closer just, you know, as two, two people, two friends, you know? Um, so I do like that. Um, you know, Amine does say in the beginning that he feels that they do have to keep their distance since they're in the same class again, right? They were all lucky again. What a coincidence <laughs> that they were able to all get in the same class again, right? Like, um, Mahiru, Amane, Chitose, Itsuki, um, even, even Yuta, you know, which we do see a little more Yuta this time, where, uh, Yuta comes over and, like, he seems like he genuinely wants to be Amane's friend, which we do have a little bit of a, a flashback to, I don't know if that was, no, it definitely wasn't Yuta, but it was, like, another friend, um, or, like, another person when he was in, like, I don't know, probably middle school or whatever, and it was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I want to, you know, I want to be your friend or whatever, and then we cut to <laughs> that same person, other people, like, like, bullying him, like, just, like, 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 putting him down, right, and so, you know, so that's kind of scarred him, and, you know, I, I would like at some point for Amine to open up about that, you know, probably to to Mahiru and say, you know, you know, maybe not as blunt as this is why, <laughs> this is why I am the way I am. Um, but you know, something like that, because, you know, Mahiru, I feel like has opened up quite a bit to him about, you know, her own like inner workings of her brain. And so I'd like for Amine to reciprocate that, you know, you know, at least in this way to be like, yeah, like this is kind of how it's always been, you know, so this is why. I kind of label myself as that because I've never known anything else. You know, I'm lucky enough to be friends with Itsuki and, and you know, and, and Chitose to be like real friends with them. Right. Um, you know, so that's why when, when Yuta says it, he's like, do you really want to be my friend? Are you sure? <laughs> um, you know, he's, he's like, you, you won't get anything out of it. <laughs> and, and, and Yuta has a great response where he's like, do you, do you make friends for profit? <laughs> you know, he's like, no, I know. He's like, okay, cool. Then we'll be good. You know, and, and I just feel like that was the best response because, you know, you know, he wasn't offended. He wasn't like, you know, didn't like turn him off or anything. He was just like, I'm not, I'm not being your friend to like get something out of you. You know, like, or do you want to be my friend to get something out of me? <laughs> no, we can just, we can just be friends. Um, and then, uh, what else do we have? Um, we have another moment where uh, they give each other some gifts. He got her a stuffed bunny. She got she made him some pudding. 
Um, and she still gets super flustered whenever he compliments her. We still haven't gotten past that yet. <laughs> um, at some point, at some point, she will receive a compliment and not run away. <laughs> um, and then, uh, what else do we have? Uh, public friends, yeah. Oh, and then we have the, the, the cooking project, which is which is a very nice kind of like entry point for, for Mahiru because Mahiru was like, all right, we're picking partners. Amine, let's be partners. Well, well it's a group, so they're also with Chitose and Itsuki. It's just like, you know, it's, it's very nice to be like, oh, we're just been a group or group project, that sort of thing. Um, you know, talk about all the, the like cooking or whatever. Um, but then we have another nice moment, you know, kind of bouncing off of that where people are like messing around and like we have like hot soup like hot soup and then he like he like throws the hot soup and uh and uh you know Amine like grabs uh grabs Mahiru out of the way and you know I don't feel like that moment really means anything and I feel like to to like the public where it's like oh the students are gonna talk like oh don't you see how he saved her you know I feel like that's just something that someone would do like if they have a chance to just you know pull someone out the way from being very badly burned they can at least try, I feel like they would do so, you know, so I feel like that's not going to cause any, like, weird, like, narratives or anything, but for one, it was a very nice thing, it was a very nice thing of Omni to do, and then, like, check on the other girl, and then really, like, lecture the guy to be like, hey, what are you doing, <laughs> you know, you know, especially with, like, like, there, there's, like, knives, and there's, like, you know, like, uh, you know, hot pans and stuff, like, you can't, you can't be doing that, but then I also like the, like, little moment where um uh, i think they're like talking about it and amine amine uses very specific wording where he says like where you know he's kind of like brushing it off like like saving her right and and he's like oh well i you know what was i supposed to do i i i i had to grab her you know i had to grab her out the way or else you know she would have got hurt and and, and Myru takes that, and he's she's like, "Oh, you you had to, huh?" Because like him saying it like that makes it sound like he didn't want to; he just felt an obligation to. And Myru's like, "No, I want you to want to have done that." You know, because now it just sounds like you're just like a you're just like a public servant. <laughs> you're like, "Oh, I had I had to do my duty." So, and then the very end, uh, they're talking or whatever, and and I do like the the line from Mahiru where she's like, how much work is this going to take? And Amine, of course, super oblivious, but we don't understand what she's saying, where she's like, in, in her mind, it's like, how much do I have to do to get you to understand why I'm doing what I'm doing? Right? Because they clearly both have feelings for each other. They just haven't, you know, they just haven't like outwardly, <laughs> you know, spelled it out for each other. And so, you know, that's kind of where my heroes may be a little frustrated. I'm um, just like, you know, how much do I have to do to like get you, you know, and, and I feel like to a point, not, it's not super fair, you know, cause it's like, it could also go the other way too, where it's like, well, well why, why, why don't you just confess then, you know, but you know, kind of a, a like a, like seesaw, right? Up and down, back and forth. They're, you know, kind of both responsible for the momentum. So we'll see, you know, you know, you know, I do feel like it's getting closer and closer. You know, even her having a line like that would have never said something like that in episode two, you know? So the fact that we have a few episodes left, I, I, 
I'm getting more and more confident that this will end with a confession. Very, 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 very confident. Because, you know, I think I mentioned this before, I like most shows like this, um, they kind of end with the confession, right? Because normally, like romance anime, um, the story is this like where we're at right now with this show where it's like they're not together and they're kind of you know doing the whole back and forth cat and mouse sort of thing like like that's the entertainment value of most romance shows and so i'm wondering if this will end there and then even if it gets like another season like i don't know if it's based off a manga or something if it goes past it but um i i could definitely see it i mean because the the closer we get to the end the more i'm like could they could they end the season without like with them still in this weird like puddle you know like i don't i don't think they can i don't know we'll see though uh next we got ice guy his cool female colleague episode eight uh let's see what was this one? Oh uh, yeah this is the whole skiing episode this was cool i enjoyed this one uh so we have Komori invited Himuro, Fuyutsuki, and Saijima to ski. Uh, she, like, won some contest or whatever, so it was cool. Another, you know, another episode, another, uh, like, situational comedy, you know, setting where it's like, hey, th this episode, this is a ski episode. Um, and so we have, you know, a nice thing where Himuro is really good at skiing, but he's he grew up with skiing, and so, like, he never, like he doesn't know how to teach other people to ski because he just like it just comes natural to him he's like i don't really know like you just kind of have to do it and so when he tries to teach fuyutsuki she just <laughs> just slowly slides down like the slowest i've ever seen someone slide down a hill and she just looks up and she says oh it didn't work <laughs> and it's just i don't know it's, it's great but then you know Himuro gets very self-conscious about it because he's sad that he's not able to teach her. And then we have Komori coming along, much better teacher because she actually knows how to teach. Like, you know, she actually knows how to break down how to ski rather than Himuro, where it's just like, oh, I just kind of, you just kind of feel it and you do it. Um, but, you know, all, all that's kind of forgotten when you realize that Himuro's little sister, Yukumin, he works here. <laughs> And it's it's another good setup because it's it's one of those things in shows like this where they just kind of introduce other elements. And so, you know, I don't think we would have ever guessed that we would have been introduced to a sibling character to Himuro. Just that it's like, why? You know, we've never we've had no evidence of that. But then they do introduce it and it's like we immediately care for this person. We immediately get their their personality, their like relationship, uh, you know, with, with Himuro. Um, you know, how she interacts with Fuyutsuki, it's, it's all great, you know, and then, like, almost how it works out for, for Himuro, which is, like, oh, because of the way they talk and everything, like, it makes it sound like they care for each other, and so it's, it works out, it's nice, um, and then we have the end where they're cooking, uh, they're cooking some takoyaki, and, uh, we have Santa Fuyutsuki, and she, like, whispers over to Himuro, she's, like, you know, I'll, you know, Santa Fuyutsuki will make sure she puts extra octopus in your, you know, in your, in your meal or whatever. And it's just, it's just small things like that, you know, just, just small things like that, that, that really grow their relationship. 
Um, and at the very end, we have Himuro giving Fuyutsuki a gift for Christmas. Uh, she doesn't have anything for him because she didn't really know that he was going to do something like that. Uh, but you know, it is, it is, it is a daily time. It's the holiday time, the Christmas time, right? Giving gifts. Um, I think I talked about this. Did I talk about this last time where I'm like, we're definitely, oh yeah, because it was last time the Halloween episode where I was like, oh, we're definitely getting a Christmas episode. Like it's a, it's a very slice of life romancy type show. We just had Halloween. So if we're going, you know, chronologically, December's almost here, you know? Um, so, so we did get that. And again, this, this is what I was thinking about the other day too. Um, even like before I saw this episode where I was like, you know, I'm very interested to see where this show ends because I, I just talked about um, the the Angel show about how I think that one might end with them confessing to each other. With this one, it's it's very different because they're they're not together now, but they do do a lot of like together things. Like technically, they're not like dating, right? No, no. I just think they they like each other, but they don't. I, I I don't know because they haven't like officially said anything. Or like we haven't seen them officially like, yeah, let's let's be together. You know, they haven't done that. I don't know. It's, it's very strange because even at the end of this, like, I could see this show ending with that too, where it's like, oh, they finally like say to each other. You know, like like this one, I feel like is even weirder for me though. Where I I can also see them not doing it and just them just kind of still like hanging out and. Maybe we get another season or something. I don't know. Because, like, they're, you know, again, they're they're more adults where I feel like this is different than other romance anime where usually they're set with their, like, students or, like, high schoolers or whatever. You know, so I feel like that kind of dynamic and, like, the, the, like the, the settings and the atmospheres is very different than this where it's, like, they're adults, they work at the same job. Um, you know, so, like, I don't know. The whole, like, energy is different. And the way you reciprocate, you know, your, your, your feelings is usually centered around you know some you know some something else um the way you showed and everything is is, is very different um so yeah i don't know i don't really know how this one will end i would i mean i would like them to like officially confess to each other that'd be nice uh, but i don't know i don't know uh but next we have the magical revolution of the reincarnated princess and the genius young lady episode eight uh th this was the one you know i was actually looking um, like, online, whatever, and I saw that this show, like, in terms of what people were, like, the shows people were talking about, like, week to week, this show jumped up to, like, number one, like, everyone was talking about this show, and I was like, huh, I wonder, wonder why, like, this show, very good, I'm, I'm, I've enjoyed every episode so far, I love the characters, the setting, the, you know, the weird, um, like, like, the weird, like, political stuff behind magicology and, and, you know, all that, it's, very good very very solid and i was like why like i wonder what about episode eight is gonna is gonna happen for it to warrant what i'm seeing online everyone's like this show this week and let me tell you <laughs> makes complete sense makes all the sense in the world it just went crazy it popped off this episode because like you know up until now we've had some very very nice moments you know with uh with anis and euphelia um, you know, even stuff with Ilya, even the weird stuff with Lainey, you know, the magicology stuff, the little bit of background, the little bit of, like, family politics stuff, like, it's all been very nice, you, you know, even the cool battle with, you know, them and the dragon, we've had some cool stuff, but, like, 
nothing has happened like this. <laughs> the, this is where it popped off. This is where we'll see kind of where it's going for the rest of the season because we're already in episode eight, right? So we have uh, Algard, very beginning. Algard is the one who infiltrated the villa and he, he shot Ilya, took her out, and stabbed Lainey right through the chest. <laughs> and I'm like, oof, okay, Algard. So in that moment, it's like, okay, that was definitely Algard, but why? Like, he's the brother, like we, like, like, we get, we've seen moments where he feels like, you know, he's in the shadow of, of Annis, right? But even then, like, he is the next king. Like, he is next up to be king. You know, like, you know, he's even only kind of acting out a little bit, like, he, you know, you know, just tossing Yuffie aside and picking Lainey, like, there are some, you know, <laughs> definitely some, uh some like breadcrumbs to how he's got here but this is so extreme it's such an extreme and, and then immediately we're like why is this happening you know and, and and then we jump to some more uh like evidence right with anis completely flipping that guy around i that guy was so annoying um and then yuffie blocked the magic that he tried to spit and then tilty was there trapping everyone in the room so so we see we see the energy that everyone's on in this episode where everyone is against them. You know, everyone is backing Algard, you know, and trying to change. And and then we cut, we, you know, we finally cut to it where Algard is there and we see what actually happened, right? We do see that they shot uh, Ilya. You know, Ilya's not doing very well. Um, not, not fatal or anything, but, you know, she got shot in like the shoulder. So she's, you know, not doing well. And then Lainey, though, gone. <laughs> Lainey, unrecoverable. She, like, Algard literally ripped the, the magicite out of her chest. So she's, she's probably dead. I'll be honest, guys. She, she's probably gone. <laughs> We're probably not going to see any more of her. Um, and then he shoved it into his own chest. And I'm like, how do you, like, no. <laughs> Why would you do this? How extreme is that? How are you still alive? How much does it take? <laughs> That's like a big rock too. That's like a big, that's a big piece of gem. <sighs> I don't know. And so then, you know, then we sort of get some of his reasoning, right? Which I, you know, which I thought was interesting. Or he was like, you know, he knows he's going to be next king, but he knows that people don't, you know, they haven't really accepted him as, you know, as the next king, right? You know, they don't feel like he really has it. They don't feel like he's going to do what they want him to do um, to like, you know, better the kingdom i guess um you know he, he doesn't have magic i know that's like a thing um whatever right you know he, he you know, he even compares himself to annis where he's like hey you know now we're both monsters you know i got my magicite you got the dragon we're the same and i feel like <laughs> well i understand because you know his his whole thing, you know, on, on paper, very noble, right? You know, you know, he's saying that he is, he is trying to make the kingdom better. You know, he is saying that, you know, all of this is necessary to correct a very misguided kingdom, you know, cause he, he looks around and he's saying, you know, so many things are terrible, you know, so many terrible things about the kingdom. And so, you know, we've tried, we've tried stuff up until this point. It's not working. We, you know, we need something different and, and, and I'm going to bring that. You know, the problem is that, and this is what Anna's kind of points out, is that like you, 
you're just gonna force everyone's hand like like you're gonna crush the kingdom to then make it better like that's not like that that can't be the only way you know so that's kind of where they're butting heads is that you know he, you know he feels like just 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 like coming down with all the power you know with the with the hammer right is what's going to give him the the ability to change the kingdom for the better you know he does want what's best for the kingdom the same way annis would the same way they should like royalty should like the you know the leaders or whatever should but they just completely disagree in the way that they're going about it and so you know it's it's tough i mean we're definitely an aside. like come on we're definitely like no you're not you're not just killing people you know what i mean like you're not climbing on the backs you know because again like you know he tries to compare it to the dragon and it's like dragon's a monster first of all you know, second of all, they're not part of our kingdom. Like, Lainey, <laughs> you, you <laughs> is a person that you killed in order to get your power. That's not, that's not the same thing at all. So, and, uh, you know, I love the end where, where Annis is like, you know, Annis wants Algar to fight her, saying that she rejects his definition, right? And that does kind of throw him off a little bit. You see his facial expression. Um, but yeah, they're, they're going to fight. Next episode is going to be crazy. I mean, I, I mean, I think Anus has it, right? Like, Algar doesn't have any experience using magic. Anus does. Um, also, I'm interested to see what powers exactly that Algar gets from the Magicite. You know? Because, I mean, Anus got dragon powers, so I, I don't know. You know, you know, dragons are pretty crazy. I mean, they did very cleverly take Yuffie out of the equation. They're like, oh, you, you know, Yuffie, stay over there. You have to, you have to help them, so... It's going to be a one-on-one, -on -one, but I don't know. I mean, Algar's wrong. I mean, I don't think that Anna's going to kill him. I think that'd be very extreme, but I don't know. She She's definitely going to win. She has to. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, I, I definitely get what people were like talking about this episode because it's like, turn to 100 immediately. <laughs> like, Illy is hurt. Lainey's probably dead. Algar's coming out, showing every, you know, showing his true colors. We got the rest of the kingdom doing that as well. Oh, no. It's, it's not good. It's not good. Uh, next, we have Buddy Daddy's episode 8. This was one all focused on Ray, which I like. Remember, dude, remember? I said it last episode. I said, I hope sometime soon we get we get a Ray episode. I hope we get Ray. We learn more about Ray's backstory, kind of his side of his character. He's kind of got it with Koski. Um... Kind of last episode, right? We got a lot of Koski last episode, so I'd like to see Ray kind of get a similar treatment. And we got it. We got it. Told told very well. Um, so we have Ray going back home. He goes back to his dad, which is his boss. And his dad wants him to return home to take on the family empire. Um, I like this because you can clearly see that Ray doesn't want to do it. Ray doesn't want to be that. He has found Koski. He has found Miri. Um, that, you know, that's what he loves, right? He, has, he, he, he does have a family. He does have something that you can call family rather than his real family, which is just the business, you know, which is just his boss, you know, which turned him into this, something that he never really asked to be. So, you know, now the fact that he found Koski and Miri, it's like, why would I leave this? Why, why would I leave this good thing? 
<clears throat> and so, uh, you know, but he still goes through the, with the mission. He has to fight his old partner, I guess. And his old partner betrayed the organization. Um, but it's this whole thing where, you know, it's it's very kind of beating you over the head with it. But it is almost a mirror of Ray, Because what did the partner do? The partner left. The partner left the organization, found love, like wanted to start a family, wanted to, you know, do something else. And at the end of the day, Ray couldn't finish the job because Ray realized that, you know, you know, what does he say? Uh, Ray says he also has something worth protecting. Well, he didn't before, you know, but, you know, before Koski and Mary, um, you know, it was just him. But now that he has something, he completely understands why this guy did what he did. And even at the end where he is fighting him and uh, seems to be getting the better of him, uh, the dude like falls off the ledge and Ray tries to save him, but he falls and dies. And, and it's just very sad for Ray, you know, um, his last words were, I'm on my way. I don't really understand. I still don't, I'm, I'm, I'm still been trying to think about that, like what that means. I'm on my way. You know, maybe, maybe he was saying that cause he's on his way to see his love who was also killed by, you know, these people, you know, maybe that's kind of what he was trying to say where it's like, I'm, I'm, I finally get to see her again. You know, he took her away from me. Now, now I'm on my way to her. Maybe something like that. Um, you know, maybe just kind of driving home the point of like, I want to be with the things I, you know, with the people I care about. And so that's hitting home with Ray where it's like, I also want to be with the people I care about, you know, Koski and Miri, right? Um, you know, you can tell it really messes him up too. Cause even at the end when like Koski calls him, say, Hey, you got to get back. You know, Miri wants you here, blah, blah, blah. You know, you know, Ray doesn't do it at first. Cause he's, you know, you can tell he, he just needs to reflect <laughs> on everything, <laughs> everything that happened, everything that's going through his head. Um, but then Koski's there. <laughs> he's like, I tracked your phone. <laughs> um, and then they talk about how they were both a mess when they met each other. And Ray very, very quietly asks if he thinks that we can change. Which is funny because I feel like Koski was the same way. If, if he can change, if he can grow, you know, coming off of his own demons. Now Ray has his. And then, you know, that, you know that's all kind of, uh, you, know, uh, you know, punctuated when he gets home. And he sees this birthday dinner for him and these decorations and Miri's there. She clearly tried to stay up. She wakes up briefly to almost sing happy birthday and then falls back asleep. And then we have the great moment where she does that and then Ray smiles a little bit. And Koski's like, oh my god, Miri, you did it. He smiled, you know, because that, that, that was her whole thing was that, you know, she, she really wanted, the one thing she wanted was for Ray to smile. Because, you know, he never really does. He always kind of has this, like, kind of, like, grouch face, you know. You know. Um, so, yeah. And then at the very end, we get that that guy that was driving Ray uh, gave a request to Q from the dad, seemingly to kill Koski and Miri. And so out of this whole episode, right, we're fighting these feelings. We're, we're trying to untangle this web of Ray's life. You know, how he grew up, how he was born to be the perfect assassin. Um, how he left there because he just didn't seemingly didn't really want to do that. Found Koski and Miri um, has now been kind of like ripped back into the world. Still, really doesn't seem to want to go back there. Um, 
you know, seemingly like, oh, I, you know, like you said, I, I also have something worth protecting. And then we get to Koski and Ray, and then it seems to be a nice little bow on that where it's like, okay, I like we we don't at this point we don't think that Ray is gonna go back. We you know, we think that he is gonna continually reject his father's offer. Um, and then for the end, for it to be like, ooh, okay, all right. Um, so so I wonder what that is though. Like, is that so like just just uh. Okay, so we're going to take this piece by piece, right? Where it's like, the photo of Koski and Miri, is that in order to kill? I imagine it is. They're assassins. Why, why wouldn't it be? We imagine that's because the father thinks that they're holding him back, right? They're, they're dragging him down. They're in the way of Ray being in, in the family business and taking up the mantle, right? So you got to take him out. I wonder if, like... I, I don't think that's them asking Q to do it himself, though. It's probably because, you know, Q kind of gives jobs to other people, including Koski and Ray, so he's probably going to give it to the best of the best. Um, we'll see who that is, though. I mean, I, I mean that'll be cool, right? Little little spy versus spy type, type action maybe next episode. It'd be cool to see that. I mean, it's also like the show's getting very serious, too. Like This, like, this was a very serious episode. Um, I was obviously like juxtaposed by every so often we, you know, we cut to Koski and Miri kind of making the decorations or baking the cake or whatever, but it was, it was a bit of a more serious episode. I mean, I mean, even last episode too, where, you know, we're getting these characters backstories and it's not just like the fluff, which is very nice, but you know, just kind of like the, the day to day with, with, you know, wacky stuff with Miri or whatever. Um, so for next episode to be, they're trying to take them out. Like, Ooh, okay. Okay. That's, that's, that's going to be something. So, next, Vinland Saga Season 2, Episode 7. Um, yeah, this is the one where we learned more about, uh, I mean, mostly about Kettle. It was basically like a, like a Kettle-focused episode. Um, we open up a little bit with Arnheid. Almost forgot about her. <laughs> um, she says that Sferko must really like Aenor and Thorfinn. Um... You know, because he doesn't just do this for everyone. Again, they're slaves. Like, they don't have to... You know, Sverko doesn't have to pay them back for their work. <laughs> you know? Um, and then even, you know, Aenor was very happy because... Arnheid called him a good person. So, you know, that kind of got his stomach butterfly in a little bit. Um, so that was nice. And then uh, her mistress slapped Arnheid. Uh, you know, because it's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Lollygagging. Talking. Like, you have a job to do. Um, you know, the breakfast still isn't made, what do you, you know, very sad stuff there. Um, and it's also kind of juxtaposed by, uh, Aenor and Thorfinn, because then we cut to them, and their, their wheat, I think, is starting to grow, so that's nice. They're very hype, they're having their plant, like, they're reinvigorated, they're gonna chop down so much more to, to double their next plot, they're, they're praying for rain and, and growing crops, like, they're, they're awesome. And then Aenor asked the question, hey, you know, we can buy our freedom back, you know, after we do all this, and it's like, yeah, yeah, we can, we can, and then they're like, oh, I wonder if Arnhat has a similar situation, it's like, oh, why don't, you know, why don't you just go ask her, it's like, yeah, I'll, I'll do that, and it's funny, because we, we just saw how, you know, her mistress treats her, and so, like, I guarantee you, <laughs> you know, because it's like, what would, what would Arnide have to give? Like, they're in a very, 
uh, you know, particular situation where they're clearing out a forest to then make, you know, a plot of land to grow food, and then they can they can grow that food and now you know it's goods. You know, I can sell those goods for money, and then pay off, and then sell the land back to uh, you know to the master to you know to cattle. What, what would Arnheit have? <laughs> you know, like to me, she just seems like the general, just like house servant. You know, she doesn't really have anything. I mean, again, when when we when it was first happened, I talked about um, indentured servitude, indentured servitude which is something that I believe was really big um, in like the eight, like the 1800s maybe, late 1800s. 18, I, I think it was like the 1800s because I feel like it was after, like officially after slavery. Um, may, maybe even the early 1900s, maybe. Um, but, but I feel like it was more like 1800s type thing. But yeah, it was... Um, yeah, like in the servitude, it was like, well, you're not a slave, but um, you are to work for me for a certain amount of time. And then after our agreed upon time is done, then you're free, basically. So it is like, it's like, it's like temporary slaves, I guess. I don't know. Um, I learned about it in like middle school. But um, yeah, so, you know, I kind of compared it to this, where it's like, that's kind of their situation where they can work. And if they get to a certain goal, they can be free. With Arnheide unless she had something like that where it's like we'll keep you for 10 years and then you know i don't i don't know why they would do that so probably doesn't have a similar situation um but then we get to the main meat of the episode which is kettle got iron fist kettle um you know all, all about his backstory and all that about how he was like a monster on the on the battlefield ruthless all that stuff um they do make a deal though with these kids that stole the food uh, the kids will work for their food, but they receive 20 strikes. And Kettle later reveals to a lady that the Iron Fist stuff is a lie. He's, 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 he has this image, but he, he doesn't live up to it. Like, he's, he's scared of his own son, because it's like, his son is, like, evil. <laughs> you know? And then, we'll, we'll just stop that right there. I have one more thing to say, but we'll, we'll stop it right here. Because the whole Kettle stuff is interesting, um... You know, I like that we've we, we've kind of broken down this layer of him, where it's like, oh, he's actually like a big softy, but he just has this like persona of Iron Fist Kettle, you know, and, and it's like, you know, I think that really helps. It's really helped him get to where he's at, um, which is funny though because I wonder how he got that. Like, were the stories just overblown? Like, was he just at the right place at the right time? Because like, if he was actually taking people out. <laughs> on the battlefield like you can't fake that you know like maybe they you know did he just grow soft in his older age like you know i wonder if we're gonna get more like explanation on that or maybe we won't and it'll just be like yeah it's kind of how he is you know because like even for him like really like sweating like really wanting someone else to speak up and then and then pater steps up and says oh no you know i think you know it's, it's not really fair you know they're just kids just robbery they stole this one thing like whatever and he's like yes yes exactly exactly and then be like 10 strikes <laughs> then he's like oh no 10 strikes oh no <laughs> like you know he, he i mean honestly he probably just wanted to let him go but they're right like you can't not punish them because then it's gonna make you look soft so uh yeah 
And then the one more thing I wanted to add was... Was that Arnhide at the end? Like, is that who that was? Because I, I saw her and I was like, I think that's Arnhide. And then I like scrolled back in the episode to like look at Arnhide like in the beginning of the episode. And I think they're the same person. Unless the art is just very similar. Or unless like... That's like a relative of Arnhide's or something. Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm pretty sure that's Arnhide, which is interesting. Because that just adds to her situation even more. Like we saw the, oh, maybe she has a similar deal as us. And then we have her being treated the way she's treated. And at the end we see, oh, she's like going to be the wife of Kettle. Does, you know, does Kettle not have a wife? I guess not. But he does have kids interesting you know i'm very interested by that that's something i want to see come back around next episode to explain that you know is she just you know a woman to him right like it like you know what what what's the relationship there um but yeah like i said i, I enjoyed this episode um not not too much of our main man's anor and thorfinn but we did get more Arnhide, which is cool and also we broke down the kettle character so we'll see you know especially with like this weird foreshadowing of like like earlier, like, oh, it just wouldn't really take that many people to take over this place. And then we have Kettle breaking down and we see like, oh, he's not really like the Iron Fist guy that we knew. You know, I think they might be building up to something. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, next we have, uh, next it would be the Misfit of Demon King Academy episode 7. But that was delayed uh, to be announced. We don't, we don't know. We don't know when that's coming back. Good show. I mean, not, you know, I'll be honest. If I were to rank all the shows we're covering this season, Misfit is not super high on the list out of the 13 we're doing, but uh, still sad. Still sad we're not we're not able to watch it for undetermined amount of time. <laughs> but the show we do have is Don't Tell Me Miss Nagatoro, season two, episode eight. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, so what was this one we had? Oh, yeah, we had the whole judo thing. It was a judo thing this time. That was cool. Um, I did read, the, I'm reading the manga of this, so I'm, I'm way ahead of this. So I, I was waiting. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess that hasn't happened yet. I guess we haven't seen the whole judo stuff. Um, so we have um, the very beginning, which was very nice, which kind of the, the catalyst into all this, which was Senpai asking Nagatoro to model for him. Um, you know, get, get a little more bold. I like that. That was cool. Uh, Nagatora didn't want to talk about her stance, right? She had like, oh, doing different stance. And then she did the one stance, which is like her judo stance and, uh, seemed super natural, right? So she was kind of embarrassed by it, but she did it. Looked very nice, of course. And then her friends came in and wanted to kind of, you know, kind of like poke her about it. And she didn't want to talk about it. So we're like, oh, what's, you know, what's that for? And so, you know, I feel like it's very easy to guess that, oh, well, maybe, you know, cause it was like, oh, it's, you know, it's, she says like, it's my own martial art. And I'm like, oh, maybe she has a thing and she's embarrassed by it or something. I don't know. Uh, but then we learn that she is, she isn't to judo. She did do judo for a long time. And if we're cutting to the end real quick, um, we find out that there's this one, well, I don't know if this was one person, but there was at least one person that she felt she could never beat. And so she felt stuck. You, you know, she felt like her, she, she reached her ceiling and so she got bored of it. And so she quit. And that's very sad. You know, it's very it's, it's very sad that she that she just kind of threw that away because clearly she really enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, I guess you know maybe we'll, maybe we'll see a little bit more of that. You know, I mean we'll definitely see more judo because 
the whole point of this is that you know you know senpai is training to just do better <laughs> just do better in the tournament that he did last year i mean he probably got knocked out super quickly in the first round last year so if he can pass that it'll be a win um but anyway uh this, this whole episode is really cool you know i i i, I really enjoy when i think i talked about this last time too where where they get serious you know where they just genuinely spend time with each other you know so like we have something like this where it's like yeah like they're they're together they one wants to learn judo one can teach judo and they're just helping each other out just just having a good time doing something they enjoy doing you know i feel like that is when the show is at its best when when, when their dynamic is at its best um so uh yeah because he wants to do better in the tournament she agrees to teach him and then we have the obviously the moment that was going to happen which is she's much better than him so she pins him and it's great because he's like he's like oh you're just too heavy i can't do it and she's like who are you calling heavy <laughs> this is skill this is this is technique and and i do like that you know you know i feel like we are going to get further into that maybe next episode maybe we do continue this whole judo stuff um because we have to right and you know i would i would like for her to teach him that to be like you know because you obviously senpai very scrawny right doesn't have anything right so you know teach him technique to be like hey you don't you don't have to like be like 200 pounds 250 (laughs) it's like overpower people you 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 just have to know how to do it i mean usually i imagine in judo this is more true than um it's like even more true than than just normal but it's like it's all about momentum right so i'm sure i'm sure that's what she'll teach him um he he you know he does see one of Nagatoro's throws and and he he calls the throw beautiful, and senpai or not senpai uh, you know Nagatoro does the thing that she would do in the situation where she just kind of says uh, what, <laughs> what do you mean and then she runs away because she's obviously very flustered that that she that he gave her like a genuine compliment, um, and yeah that's that's pretty much it we just have a good time with judo, um, you know again this, this this is one of my favorite types of episodes where they just have fun with each other and it's not always like the cat and mouse thing like it is like oh no like they like those those moments are nice and they're funny and they're slapsticky but then these moments these episodes show that they really do care for each other and you know i feel like that's what separates the show from like being like oh it's kind of funny to oh no this is like genuinely like fun to watch um and uh, but, but then we have the very end where the president wants to teach Senpai. Nagatoro busts in, doesn't want that to happen. Senpai uh, stands up for Nagatoro and says, no, nah, Nagatoro's teaching me. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, but that, that doesn't matter. What we care about, though, is the very end where the president walks up to some mystery girl and is like, plan, plan initiated, <laughs> whatever she says, I don't know. Um, I'm guessing, I'm guessing that that must be, I don't know, I don't know, I mean, I, I don't know, I guess I'm just gonna say it, cause I, you know, I feel like since I've read the manga, I feel like anything I say might be, like, spoilery, cause it's like, oh, well, you knew that, it's like, yeah, but I don't, I don't remember, I mean, I, I feel like that might be the girl that, or, like, one of the people that Nagatoro could never beat. Maybe. 
I don't know. You know, maybe, you know, I, but I don't know what their relationship is. Like, what's her relationship with the president? I don't know. It's very strange. But we'll see. Again, there's leaving that off with like a cliffhanger like that. <laughs> it's got to be somebody. So I'm sure, you know, ne next episode, I imagine more so than any other episode will be like a part two. We'll get a continuation of the judo stuff. So we'll see. Uh, next, unfortunately, <laughs> it's Kubo Won't Let Me Be Invisible episode seven. And that's unfortunate because that is the other one I already mentioned. We're not we're not watching. We're not talking about because it's delayed until seemingly April. Which is terrible. The worst news. Quite possibly my favorite show of the season gets delayed at least a month. <laughs> you know, COVID, that's, that's, that's a thing. It's getting worse out there in Japan. So can't really be mad at it, but... Uh, can't really be mad at the studios, right? It's like, okay, yes, health and safety, all that stuff, very important. But, you know, just, just strictly as a fan, very sad. <laughs> um, but, you know, it'll just mean when it comes back, it'll be an event. And we'll be super excited for it to come back. Next, Trigun Stampede Episode 8. Uh, yeah, this was one of my more favorite episodes of the season. Um, I, I enjoy this show for the most part. I just don't love um i don't love how it feels like a lot of the episodes have felt like just like monster of the week where it's like oh now we're fighting another guy and then we learn about their backstory and it's like but i don't care about his backstory <laughs> you know like we just met him this episode you know and then they die and it's like okay cool like i get it you know i get what they have done the past two or three episodes where the point is to show the influence of Millions Knives or of just Nye and to then also show Vash as a character and how he reacts to all of this. I understand the points of the episodes. I just really want just more of just like Vash and his story to progress rather than it seems like these are all little setbacks. And so with this episode, I loved it. Where again, not, not a whole lot of progression, I guess, in the present time. But it was us learning more about Vash and like how he became, like, you know, his journey from getting here <laughs> to present day. So I, I like that. Um, and so we have, you know, the continuation of that. We have Vash. Um, he's a plant. And apparently on a rare occasion, plants can give birth, right? So he's not like a human, I guess. He is literally a plant the same way Nye is a plant. Um, we have that. That woman is very nice. Brad. So it was, uh, the, the woman is Luida. Brad, not super nice. He does come around eventually, but, um, you know, I do like how they're kind of taking care of him, trying to help him out. Um, but then the, you know, they, they kind of treat him like a prisoner, right? Which, which makes sense. It's like, Ooh, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> but then we finally do have the moment where Vash does help, right? He sees, he hears, he can sense that the plant, the one plant that they have is not doing very well. And so, he then like talks to it and he, he like heals it. He like calms it down, heals it, whatever. And so that kind of sets him on the path of being a resident of ship three instead of being a prisoner. Now he's a resident, he has jobs to do, and it's good because for the first time since his whole world's been destroyed, he feels like he has a home, he feels like he has a family, um, which is important, <laughs> like super important, you know? Um, you know, they're just not treating him like a prisoner, I guess. Uh, he's, he's just a kid. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's not a human, but he's still a kid. Um, so that's big for him. He finally has a purpose. 
you know, he's not just like stumbling around, like wallowing in the sorrow of, you know, Rem and Nye and all that stuff and just everything else too. Um, and then, uh, you know, even more so ship three got him the red jacket. So we see the origin of that, which is funny. Cause that's not really something I, I thought I needed to know, but now that it's a thing, it's like, Oh, that's awesome. Like ship three got him the jacket. That's why he wears it all the time. That's why he wears it every day because that was like, it was like his, his, his like surrogate family, you know? Um, and then, uh, Luida and Brad, unfortunately hear the recording of nine and Vash. They finally get the one thing working and they hear the recording. They don't see anything, but they do hear the recording and it very much sounds like, you know, they know who did it. You know, they know who caused the crash, but Vash is an accomplice, quote unquote. And so Vash hears them say that. And from Vash's point of view, it's like, oh no, they're on to me. They're going to like lock me up. They're going to like execute me or something. The one thing I do like, though, is it, it does look like that. Oh, no, they, they you know, he, he betrayed us, whatever. He's been lying to us. But then immediately, Luida wants to help him and, like, bring him back here. And then Brad, Brad's the one where I thought he was going to be like, what are you doing? Like, he's, we, we have to capture him. We don't go after him. Like, he's, he's, he, he's a, he's a criminal or whatever. But no, he, he was even like, hey, if you find him, tell him I'm sorry. And it's like, oh, even Brad... <laughs> Even Brad, like, I was so ready for both of them to be, like, complete 180 and be like, oh, he's, oh, he was lying to us. He was the one. And then even at the very least, Brad, you know, you know, because Brad, I feel like, has always still had, like, a little bit of a chip. But even him, he was like, now nah, we got to bring him back. He's, he's family. He can come back and explain himself. You know what I mean? Like, I love that. I love that about, like, um... And just like a hard, just like a super hard left with our explain with our with our expectations because it very well could have gone the one way, but it went this way where they're like, nah, we love him. He's our family. He wouldn't he wouldn't do everything he's done for us so far if if he was like <laughs> you know, if if he was our enemy, right? Um you know, and then, you know, he even says he, he leaves a note behind or whatever. And he's like, an independent will pay for what an independent did. You know, so he's trying to, you know, his, his like atonement, right? Um, we do have, well, hold on. Two things of like how the episode ends. One, we do something, we do see something real quick in, I think, present day. I I, I don't really know, but it's like, see, you know, seemingly present day Vash wakes up because he's like an adult. He has like the metal arm, um, has a jacket and, 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 and he wakes up and, and he's like, oh, where am I? And he's like, wait, wait, this is, this is home. This is, this is ship three. Oh, 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 they must've saved me, which is really weird. Cause it's like, okay, well that's different than the story we were just on where you were like, a young adult, you know, and an and adolescence of sorts. So where, what is this? <laughs> what is this little like five second thing that they threw in this episode? So that, that I'm very interested in that. Um, and then, and then the actual very end, which, you know, we cut back to Vash as like a, as, as like a young adult and he stumbles upon another ship. It seems maybe that's ship three or maybe it's ship five, the one that they crash. I don't know. 
and it's just like plants, but they're all red. And there's a few people there, and Nai is there. And so it's like, we'll see what happens there. I imagine we'll get a continuation next episode of like what happens here. Like they argue and fight and duel or something maybe. Um, and then also the the whole connection to the five second flash where seemingly adult Vash wakes up and you know back at ship three. So, again, this was a very cool episode. I like getting more of Vash's backstory, um, kind of like how he got here, like how he became known as this criminal. <laughs> Um, yeah, and, and, like, a lot of stuff starts to make more sense, where it's like, oh, yeah, it, it makes sense why he's doing what he's doing, why he has this vendetta against Nai, not only for Rem, but also, you know, and I'm sure we'll see more of that next episode as well, um, but then also, like, n n now that we know about this Ship 3 family, I want to know what happened to them, like, are they still alive and prospering, did something bad happen, is the something bad that happens gonna happen next episode, like, it's, 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 it's it's very foreshadowy. Uh, but next, Inspector Season 2, Episode 7. Um, yeah, this was kind of the close of this chapter. Um, the whole, like, Zenta and the doll thing, which is, which is really cool. Um, you know, it all kind of makes sense, I think. And, and we did get more action, too. That is one thing I was wishing for in these cases. It's just a little more action. Um... So we find out that Zenta created the doll with meteorites, which is an explanation as to what that rock was in his arm. Um, a very, like, um, just, just like a really dumb, like, anime explanation of, like, oh, it's a meteorite, and the meteorite has powers. <laughs> but it works, it works. I mean, again, even, like, even Kotoko kind of talks to Kuro about this, but I feel like she's, like, half talking to the audience of, like, listen, this world has, like, demons and yokai and spirits. It's, like how can you say that a meteorite can't have powers? You know, it, it does fit with the world that they've built. Um, so initially they, you know, they talk about how like, oh, well, we could just easily blow up the doll or set the doll on fire or whatever, but that'd be a bad idea because they believe, you know, Kodoko believes that the doll is like a, um, you know, like one of those like voodoo doll things. Uh, where like it's it, it's attached to a person so like you know if you if you poke a doll with a pin um then the the person it's tied to will then have a pain right it's all connected um so she thinks that's happening and so she kind of unravels everything where she's like oh he wanted revenge against these particular college students who killed his wife i believe was it his wife that they killed or like his son or something um but yeah, and so they, you know, they did that, and he was like, oh, so he built that, he, you know, he built the doll to, to exact revenge against those, those kids, and so if, we, we don't know this for a fact, but we believe that that doll is connected to them in some way, somehow, right, like, you know, you can, and she was explaining it, like, oh, well, how those work, you can, you know, you can take, like, a picture of them to it, to the doll, or some hair, or whatever right so that it, it, it like connects the doll to the actual physical human um so like if we kill the doll if we blow the doll up <laughs> the attached students will then blow up and that's not fair that's not that's that's not cool um and so on top of that we get a really cool connection to that as well where he, they're like that was the grand plan that was zenta's grand plan was to 
he was going to make the doll a villain. The doll was going to wreak havoc. And then the townspeople were going to finally snap and destroy the doll. In turn, killing the college students that he wanted revenge on. And, and his hands will be clean. Because like, hey, I didn't do that. I didn't make the doll. I didn't. I mean, he did make the doll. There's maybe proof of that. But I mean, also on top of that, well, 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 the very smart thing about that is, okay, so the whole situation was, I didn't do this. Townspeople killed the doll. In turn, indirectly, the townspeople would have killed the college students. That's a win-win for me. You could even say, oh, but you know, you you're not the one who who uh, destroyed the doll. You're not the one who, you know, you didn't take a a knife <laughs> to the college students. But you did make the doll. There's only one person who knew that he made the doll. And that was Tay. And we find out at the end, the college students' names were etched into the doll. That's where we're going to build the connection. But who else's name was in there? Tay's name. And we have this whole explanation where Tay's like, oh, he couldn't live with the fact that I was happy. There's really like dark like backstory to her character where she she's like, gone she, she's like become rich off of her family's deaths she she hasn't caused any of them it's, it, it's not that sort of thing but it's just like oh her her kids died and she was able to sue whoever and she was able to get rich and then she didn't want the money so she threw the money towards these organizations but then that caused her <laughs> to make more money and then when she finally got the money down to a like a reasonable amount her husband died and so she got a bunch of money from that and so again it's it's a very like morbid backstory to her character but it's like oh zenta couldn't see that he was happy and you know how could how could she be happy with these deaths when i'm well i want i want to die with my deaths you know and all, all that stuff so but cleverly 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 um her name being on the doll she also died from the townspeople now no one knows again the only person that knows that he made the doll was tay so if tay also died with the death of the doll no one could pin the doll back to him so it's it's very smart when you think about it you know um and uh yeah that's pretty much it yeah they were the trap the doll they used like kuro's thing uh kuro's future site trap the doll all good stuff they like carved the names off um but it didn't really work i guess right like they were carving the name off and tay didn't feel a thing so i was like ah, oh, the you know etching the names didn't really work you probably actually need something from the person again generally just in like movies and tv and stuff whenever we see those weird like voodoo doll things it's always like they grab like a like a like a patch of hair and like tie the patch of hair to the doll and that's what connects it um yeah so yeah that was the episode i thought i thought it was really cool the way they were able to tie everything together and be like zenta with the doll with the, the like setup the, like super like foresight for him to have again it didn't work because the names being carved into the doll's uh, abdomen didn't actually connect anything but the idea on paper very cool very cool um yeah episode seven yeah we have uh over halfway through i'm sure we'll see probably like three more cases i mean there's five episodes left so maybe like two or three more cases right I think I, I think it's pretty good so far. That was that was good. Um, and lastly, we have Tokyo Revengers episode seven. Um, a continuation of the fight of the showdown, right? Um, 
some stuff got revealed and I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I don't know how this is going to end, man. It's They're just not, they just have everything stacked against them, you know? So in the original timeline, Yuzuha killed Taiju and Hakai covered for her, right? So Hakai didn't want her to take the brunt of it. So he covered and then he became the leader of the the bad dragon the black dragon <laughs> black dragon um and then like now that caused the whole toman thing or whatever but you know that, that that goes to the kind of the whole relationship is that he's always protecting her right so he became the leader but then kiski is the one who kind of set everything up so kiski after he gained control was able to like puppet master hakai be like well this is the thing right here i'm, I'm the one who did it so he's able to do that right so we have that we have the whole you know saving yuzuha hakai not actually doing anything <laughs> just being like a you know taking over the actions of yuzuha and then still being a puppet of kiski basically so super super uh sidelines i would say uh but then we have the actual fight right so it kind of grows into that so Mitsuya's here. He's really fast, but Taiji was just a tank, right? Taiji's just stronger. <laughs> you know, he's he's he's, he's not going to win, you know. Unless he were to cheat. I don't, I don't know if there's any way for him to win one on one. Um Mitsuya, before this, he also saved Chifuyu after Kiski and Hanma betrayed him, so now Chifuyu's here as well. So we're kind of getting a little bit of a squad here. This is nice. Um unfortunately, Taiji, I feel like was cheating. You know, because even like, you know, you could say that, you know, Takamichi had a bunch of people here and Taiju only had himself, but they were not ganging up on him. I mean, earlier they sort of kind of were, but now they're not. It's just Taiju versus Mitsuya. But then out of nowhere, we got we got this this death whack. <laughs> These two other people come in and hit him, hit, hit him with an iron pipe. It's like, that's cheating. What are you doing? Where, where's the honor? You know? ridiculous um and then the, you know they kind of regroup and unfortunately nobody called mikey <laughs> takamichi's like you called mikey right and mitsu's like no nah, you called mikey right and they're like oh no <laughs> we, oh no we, we, we thought when like Toman gets here it's okay we can we can kind of air this out and you know go our separate ways right go to our respective corners but no one called mikey <laughs> We're, we're, we're gonna lose, you know? All three of them are in much better shape than we are, you know? Taiju's a little bit banged up, but we got two people that just came in fresh, you know? Like, they're, we're, we're gonna lose this. We have the numbers on them, technically, <laughs> like, on paper, but we, we cannot win. Um, and then we have the build-up, right? The build-up of the shonen. you know, Mitsuya's trying to kind of gas up Akai, be like, we can do this, you're better than him, you can beat him, he runs after Taiju, Akai doesn't follow, <laughs> Akai just stood there, and then he turned back, <laughs> and Taiju just rocked Mitsuya, Mitsuya's down, Mitsuya's dead, I, I, I think Mitsuya might be dead, <laughs> and then Takamichi gets up, and he says that he won't quit, he just won't quit, so he's going after him now, and it's just like I, I, I do love the fake out 
where it's like, oh man, we thought for a hot second that maybe Hakai would have flipped and been like, okay, we're doing this. He didn't. And now I'm just sitting here and I'm like, how do they get out of this? You know, how, how can they possibly win? Because Yuzuha is down for the count. Mitsuya is down for the count. Takamichi's getting rocked. <laughs> like, he, he does not have an ounce of skill compared to Taiju. Power, skill, agility, nothing. Uh, Chifuyu banged up. Super banged up, right? Like, you know, you know he got destroyed by Kiski and Hanma. Um, is there someone else there? There's one other person there, isn't there? No. Oh, and then, oh, and then we have Akai, who's just refusing to go against Taiju. So it's like... And, not, and Taiju's not the only problem. We also have the other two... The other two goons <laughs> who are fresh. They're they're a hundred percent. You know, and the one has a weapon. It's like Like there's no way they're gonna win. I mean, even there's there's two possibilities for me. One is the sort of more convenient one where somehow Mikey, you know, you know, you because know, Mikey did mention it. We did have a quick cut to Mikey and Draken. And Mikey was like, oh, 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 did you hear that? Did you feel Mewtwo's pulse just now or something? So I feel like, you know, there's a, there, there's a reality where Mikey does show up there. Does just sense it or something. He's weird anime logic. And then if they're both there, even if it's just Mikey and Draken, you know, you know, I feel like that would be huge of like swaying. And at the very least causing a stalemate to where they they kind of retreat you know both sides retreat and lick their wounds best case scenario all of Toman comes <laughs> and is like nah <laughs> we're not doing this the other option is the one that i feel will be even more ridiculous like the first one i just mentioned is super convenient but the second option is just just, just ridiculous and just like Okay, you know, where Hakai does flip, he does fight Taiju, somehow beats Taiju, and then the other two are like, well, we don't care. Like, we, we, we don't have a dog in this fight. And then they just leave. I feel like that would be nice for the story, the whole, like, Hakai, you know, building up the courage and, like, trying to overthrow Taiju. But I just feel like it's so unrealistic. <laughs> like, Mikey get, like... Mikey developing, like, <laughs> Mikey developing the same powers that Professor X has, <laughs> being able to, like, locate mutants telepathically, is more realistic to me than Hakai beating Taiju single-handedly and the other two just retreating, you know? So, <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. I mean, my, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, it's a, it's a really cool episode, a lot of action. Um, the odds are being very much stacked against us. And, you know, that's that's always the best when it comes to any, like, shonen-type show, right? Like, that's that, that's the formula. The odds are stacked against you. How does the main character come out of this? So, good stuff. And then that is it. That's not another isekai. Um, unfortunately, there was a couple holes this week that's very, you know, very sad about... But uh, I feel like overall, good, good week. Good week of episodes. Um, I feel like 
there wasn't really any episode this week that was like particularly weak. I feel like everyone was kind of, you know, because we had my hero um, with with Lady Nagant. Um, yeah, we had my hero with the Lady with Lady Nagant stuff. Um, we had Blue Luck with them finally starting like the big battle, final battle it seems. Uh, Angel with them finally starting to do the whole public stuff. Um, the Ice Guy one with them kind of. You know, a nice, maybe getting closer together on Christmas. Very important that it's Christmas. Uh, the Magical Revolution with the show just turning up to 11. Uh, Buddy Daddy's getting the Ray episode. Villain Saga learning more about Kettle and like maybe foreshadowing some big battle. Um, Nagatoro starting the Judo arc. <laughs> Trigun getting more Vash backstory. Inspector closing out what, what I think is like my my favorite arc so far you know again just you know just because it was it didn't overstay its welcome and had some cool action and like the way they tied everything together was cool and tokyo avengers getting in the meat of of the christmas showdown so good stuff um yeah anime i feel like i said this every week but it's, it's getting close we're getting real close to the end right a lot of these you know got about a month left of episodes i mean of course there's a few shows here that are uh, two cores so we'll see them well into next season but for the most part only about four weeks left only about four episodes left of a lot of these shows so we're getting close to the end um, we're getting close to doing a preview for next season this season really good next season gonna be ridiculous <laughs> if you've if you've gone on <laughs> and you've looked at any of the seasonal shows next season absolutely stacked um but yeah, excited. Um, that's it. That is it. Um, until next time, watch my anime.